Today we're gathered to celebrate. Happy. Today we're gathered to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The resurrection is the clearest proof there could be that God's favor rested on the life and work of Jesus. We were not there to see Christ at his baptism in the Jordan, and we did not hear the voice come out of heaven and declare, This is my son, whom I'm well pleased. But any of us could go to Israel and see the empty tomb for ourselves. And what greater source of confidence can we have than that? God, the Father, vindicated the message of Jesus by raising him from the dead. So even friends who are skeptical, at least to have pause for thought, to ask themselves what they are to make of the empty tomb. In his death, he took the punishment for our sins. For, as the prophet Isaiah says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray, each to his own way. In this going astray, each person turning, uh, in each person turning his own way, Isaiah gives a picture of something highly individualized. It reminds me of that famous passage in the book Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. All happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. This is true on the individual level as well. We turn from God in our own ways and find our own signature brand of unhappiness. To feel the weight of our sin in our lives is to be conscious that there is some malformed or ungodly part of ourselves that must die. While we each have dignity and value as people made in God's image, still there is something in us, something very deep and something of our own choosing that has gone awry, something that has rejected God, something which is unfit for the presence of God. But hear the rest of the passage from Isaiah. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin, of us all. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. And this is the part of the ancient prophecy that most directly concerns us on Easter Sunday. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. How confusing those passages must have been for so many centuries. Now, in the clear light of what we understand in hindsight, uh, we can understand the strange truth they held that one man would redeem, would die to redeem many, and yet he would live. And indeed, we partake in his life when we repent, when we die to our sins and live in his life. Then we can say with the Apostle Paul, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? You know that you're speaking from a position of confidence when you can mock death. And that is the confidence that we have based not on ourselves, but on the mighty triumph of God in Christ. 
I know the story which sums it up. One day a father went on a, oh, one day a family went on an alley. The windows of the car were down and led in the summer breeze. And a bee came in. The young children who had an allergy to breed to, to bees, uh, to these things, were terribly afraid. And as it happened, the bee landed on the father and stung him. And he called out to his scared children, It's all right, he stunned me. He can fly around all he wants. He has nothing left to hurt you. The sting of death is the only thing that stayed in the tomb when the risen Messiah walked back out the door. With the resurrection of Christ, God announced, It's all right, my children. There's nothing left to hurt you. Now that death has been defeated, let us celebrate our life in Christ.